My name is Podrigo Tuma, and one of the things about love poetry is that love poetry asks you not just to write a love poem of your own, but to pay attention to the way that the love between you and someone else itself can be a poem. The love between you and a spouse, the love between you and a friend, between you and your family, that the shape that that love takes itself can be a poem and to attend to and to craft and to shape that poem in a way that makes sense for the love that you share. How Delicious to Say It by Vivi Francis How delicious to say it, to allow it like hibiscus, to wend over the tongue where it opens at the gate, lending its red, unknowable taste. What wonder the palate may embrace in a flick behind the teeth, loquacious, liebchen, schatzchen. Let us praise the labium that shapes such syllables and parlay of their attendant assumptions like a shuttlecock struck back and forth over its simple backyard net. Let us not neglect, but laud the mature mouth ready for more than a dollop, the spoonful of lip, loon, April, billow, or some simple pronoun. No, it wants jouissance, Dostoevsky, provocations heating the exchange, say chipotles in the chocolate. Consider the ovular awakenings of the day, the throat stretched to signify its pleasure and release. Your name spun through the reel, wound up from the base of me. How I want to say it and hear my own again. For Matthew. I read this poem because it um, so immediately appealed to me with gorgeous words. I mean, I love the word delicious. I love the word gorgeous. I love the word knuckle. But I think this poem is a poem perhaps where the poet Vivi Francis was thinking, what are my favourite words? And she might have made a list. I'm just guessing, so I could be totally wrong. But it feels like to me that the prompt or the intuition or idea behind this poem is that she might have made a list of some of her favourite words and then thought, let me put them into a poem. And I just thought that was such a delightful thing to do. Um, and I found myself immediately thinking, what words would I write if I was to write a poem filled with the words that I think are gorgeous? And in this poem, it seems to me that words like, you know, hibiscus, and then the verb to wend, a gorgeous old verb, which means to turn or direct or to wend your way, to go. And then words like locatious, meaning talkative, and then some German words, Liebchen and Schatzchen, you know, little love, little darling, little honey. And then there's some kind of Latin names for parts of the body, labium, meaning lips, and ovular, meaning um, from the throat. 
and then parlay from French and shuttlecock and then lovely words like dollop and lip and loon and April and billow. And then it all finishes off with that dedication for Matthew. And I think sometimes dedications are just there as dedications, but it feels like to me that this poem is building and building and building toward the word that she is saying is the most delicious of all to say, which isn't ovular or chipotle or chocolate or Dostoevsky or jouissance, but Matthew. And therefore, this is a very clever, loving poem filled with brilliance about language, but goes beyond language by saying, actually, it's somebody's name that I most enjoy saying. I think the it in this poem, when it comes from the title, How Delicious to Say It, I think the it in this poem might be the name of her husband, Matthew. It might be love. It might be saying that they love each other. It might be um, living their love with each other. It could be all of those things. But it does seem to me that there is a, a real particularity in the way that the poem finishes off by saying how I want to say it and hear my own again. The simplicity of the resolution of this poem is to say, of all these gorgeous words, here's the one I like to say most, Matthew, and to hear, Vivi, and in the space that's created, love. And that is a very gentle, calm and beautiful but undemanding way to end up after a poem that has used so many rich words that you might go, oh, I'm not entirely sure what that means. And I think that's part of the play of the poem is to say in the middle of all of these beautiful words in different languages, literary references to Dostoevsky, all of these different things that are happening in the poem, that it ends up in this profound simplicity. And it makes me think that perhaps one of the desires of the poem is to say simple love is not always so easy to come by. It takes work. It takes learning about each other. You've got to struggle through it. You've got to wait time. I think that this poem is speaking about mature love because um, this I don't think is young love but rather a love that's gone beyond the simple pleasures of these words like lip and loom and April and billow but once a sophisticated joy of old stories this is a love that is not looking for a mere pleasure of quick satisfaction but is praising growth and is honouring that and that is I think communicated through a poem that's dense with words that you might need to look up German, Spanish, Latin, French, Russian, things that take time to learn because love takes time to learn. And the more in the flow of love you are, perhaps the the more the fruits of your love are simple things in terms of saying each other's names so beautifully. But it can take a long time to get into a long lasting way within which friends or lovers can arrive at that profound sense of love.
there's words like dollop you know you just think of a dollop of cream and something that you're going to have so something you know who's going to object to a dollop of cream but then you might think of the the heat of exchange that she speaks of chipotles and the chocolate something that might burn the throat a little bit you think of the arguments that people go through to get into a deep and long lasting love you think of the difficulties that they've had to overcome you think of all of these things that have been difficult to know how to get used to the taste of but nonetheless the more that you're in this long lasting relationship the more you go this has paid off to have stayed with this and I have developed a taste for the sharpness of chipotles in the chocolate um, that you might have not have wanted when you were in the first flush of love but with mature love and with time you go yeah this is actually a demonstration of love rather than a threat to it So Vivi Francis is the poet here and the poem is dedicated to Matthew and Matthew, her husband, is Matthew Oldsman who is also a poet and who has written a love poem to her. I don't know that they're response poems to each other but certainly they have love poems to each other in their books and we're going to be offering a Poetry Unbound reflection on Matthew Oldsman's love poem to Vivi Francis as well. And I'm looking forward to being able to hold these two very different and beautiful poems um, together. But I think the invitation of this poem calls so many of us into all kinds of reflections. There are so many invitations. First of all, an invitation to think about um, what words do you take pleasure in saying? For me, the word knuckle is amongst the most pleasing word to say at the moment. I looked it up. Actually, it comes from an old Germanic set of words meaning bone and finger joint. And then another invitation is, um, what names do you love and why? And Why do you love saying the names of people that you love? Who is it whose name you love saying? And who do you love hearing say your name? There's something in this poem about how even the name of the person you're in love with can remain unknowable because... Vivi Francis speaks about, you know, the red, unknowable taste and then wonder and assumptions and ways that we shouldn't neglect and we should be ready for more. And there's reference in this poem to provocations and awakening and stretched as well. And I think that's one of the features of this poem that grounds it, not just in the first flush of love, but in the mystery that we are to each other. Sometimes the more you're with somebody as a friend or as a partner, a sibling, a family member, the more they become strange to you as you continue to love them. And we find ourselves in that complicated and beautiful territory of saying, how can any of us ever know another person? Sometimes we feel like we both know them and they still remain a mystery to us. And I think this poem knows that. And then I think, too, there's an invitation to think about who are you growing older with? And that may be a lover or a spouse, but it might also be um, somebody who's been in your life and who is family by choice. There can be all kinds of ways where we grow older with each other and where our friendship and love for each other continues to both deepen and simplify at the same time. How Delicious to Say It by Vivi Francis 
How delicious to say it, to allow it, like hibiscus, to wend over the tongue where it opens at the gate, lending its red, unknowable taste. What wonder the palate may embrace in a flick behind the teeth, loquacious, liebchen, schatzchen. Let us praise the labium that shapes such syllables and parlay of their attendant assumptions like a shuttlecock struck back and forth over its simple backyard net. Let us not neglect but laud the mature mouth ready for more than a dollop, the spoonful of lip, loon, April, billow, or some simple pronoun. No, it wants jouissance, Dostoevsky, provocations heating the exchange, say chipotles in the chocolate. Consider the ovular awakenings of the day, the throat stretched to signify its pleasure and release. Your name spun through the reel, wound up from the base of me. How I want to say it and hear my own again for Matthew. Delicious to Say It comes from Vivi Francis's book, Forest Primeval. Thank you to Northwestern University Press and Triquarterly Books, who gave us permission to use Vivi's poem. Read it on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is... Gotham Shrikishan, Chris Hegel, Aaron Kalasako, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gotham Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota.